This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. All right. Um, I I, uh, I have a problem. <laughs> Uh, I was talking with Lauren just a little bit about it before uh, before I, everybody got here and everything. But uh, I, I have a, a particular method that I always follow. I go to a text and uh, I preach that text that's right there. But uh, my assignment tonight, he didn't tell me what book to go to. He didn't tell me what verse to go to. He said, preach on the, uh, the, the cleansing of the temple, right? Well, what, what, what passage am I supposed to go to? Am I supposed to go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or even John? I, I thought I put Luke. But oh, okay, well. But I think a lot of things. Okay, okay. So, um, I have two choices. I could pick one of them, which would be my normal practice. But today, uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of think of it, think about it as a, as a, from an, a bird's eye view of just what does this all have in common, all these stories, and then we're going to take a look at each individual one and see what the author is trying to say about each each one. So um, I'm just going to begin with reading the one from Matthew. Um, and if I, it worked if I was on the right page. Matthew chapter 21. And we'll begin in verse 12. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he he healed them. But when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children were crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Who do you, do you hear what these think, these are, (laughs) do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, and have you never read out of the mouth of babes and infants and out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise and leaving them. He went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have called us here tonight to worship you and to hear your word. And Father, I pray that, uh, Lord, you would comfort us, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would call us closer to yourself. And Father, I pray that you would give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a familiar story. We hear it probably at least once a year. If we've been, if we've grown up in church, we may have heard it. A lot of times. But it's the cleansing of the temple. And, and the basic story goes like this. Jesus goes into Jerusalem. He goes to the temple. And he sees that, that the temple is filled with people who are, are uh, buying and selling and uh, 
This enrages him. So he drives out those people that are, that are buying and selling. And we know the quote. He says, that my, my, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And then the scribes and the chief priests, they get mad. And that's what it all has in common. Each one of these stories has in common. But if you notice, I didn't mention everything in this text that, that I just read from. There's little variations in, in each one. Uh, not to say that they're, that they're incorrect. Each one of them is looking at it from a different angle, like a diamond that has many different facets. Um, and, and here we're looking at, at one event, but each gospel writer has a different way of telling this story with a little bit different emphasis for us to see. Also, uh, I, I want to also think about the, uh, the place that this takes place in Jesus' ministry. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see this takes place after the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and it takes place uh, here in the, the Passion Week, the, the week that's leading up to Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. In the Gospel of John, we see something different. In the Gospel of John, it comes in John chapter 2, right after the wedding at Cana, where Jesus turns water into wine. So here, this miracle takes place at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. What should we do? Should we say, well, the Bible must contradict itself? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Uh, there are two explanations that we can take a look, that we can consider here. One is the fact that the gospel writers, not all of them, were interested in putting everything in order. Um, John, uh, Luke, actually, he specifically states that he wants to give an accurate account. So we can probably be pretty sure that Luke, he's wanting to say things exactly the way they are. But it could be, it could be, I'm not saying this is the reason, but it could be that John was arranging things thematically or topically so that it fit the thing that he was trying to teach at that point in the book. That's one possibility. Uh, the other possibility, I think, is the, the idea that this is something that happened more than once in Jesus' lifetime. Uh, more than once during his ministry. That he would have, uh, early on during his ministry, as he came into Jerusalem after the wedding at Cana, that he would have cleansed the temple at that time. And then we read the rest of his ministry throughout the Gospels. And then at the end of his ministry, something that's only recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that he does it again. I actually lean towards the second view. The, the idea that this took place uh, twice in Jesus' ministry. What's different about the one in Matthew, or uh, the, the one in um, John is the one in John doesn't give this Old Testament quotation, um, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Instead, um, he, he, he doesn't mention the whole fact about uh, my house shall be a house of prayer. And he just says, stop making my house a house of a, a den of thieves. Uh, also, in the, in the Gospel of John, it tells us that Jesus took a, 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 uh, some some cords and made a whip out of them and, and drove them out that way. And that is not something that we see in the, gospel of, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There are some small differences, 
but enough to say that it's, it's possible, it's likely that these were actually two different incidents that we see the gospel writers writing about. So we're going to spend our time focusing on Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The scholars call these the synoptic gospels. They, they call the synoptic gospels because they look alike. Each one of the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, and the, if you, I looked at the Greek text of all three of them today, and as I looked at each one of them, you could see the same words and the same tenses and all that through a lot of the matching material. Yet each one had significant differences that were uh, the points that each author was trying to get across. Now, let's talk about this. Let's get a bird's eye view first. What was Jesus doing? What was Jesus doing as he came into Jerusalem? He, he, this would have been a, a normal occurrence. He came into Jerusalem. It was the time of Passover. Lots and lots of people were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And as he came to Jerusalem to do so, uh, knowing that the crucifixion was coming, a couple of different reasons. One, he knew we would be reading about it. <laughs> he did this to show his authority to those who were there present, and he also did it to show his authority to us as it was recorded in Scripture. Also, um, he did it probably because as he came into the temple and he saw this commerce that was taking place, um, maybe the, 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 uh, these people who were buying and selling were cheating people. Uh, you see, as it was the time of the Passover, and as uh, people were traveling to Jerusalem to be able to come and celebrate, uh, they didn't necessarily have the ability to bring all of their livestock with them to come and make sacrifices. So they would come to Jerusalem, they'd come to, uh, with, with the money to be able to purchase an animal for sacrifice when they got there, and then they would make the purchase of the animal and they would offer it for sacrifice when they got to Jerusalem. And it's possible that maybe these, these uh, money changers were cheating them. They were jacking up the price. They were price gouging. Right? Like what we see at the gas pump sometime. They were price gouging, possibly. So this enrages Jesus. He gets out. He, he, he gets angry. He throws out everybody that's making money in, in God's house. He gives this Old Testament quotation. And what do we see here in Matthew? In Matthew's Gospel, after he, he, he states... My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you made it a den of robbers. It says, Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Just think of the contrast that's right there. Jesus had just gotten angry, he throws people out of the temple, but someone comes to him. The blind. And the lame, they come to him. Here we see Jesus is enraged by people who may have been cheating other people. And he has the tender, compassionate heart for those who are hurting. And he welcomes them to come to him. 
That's what Jesus wants from us. He wants us to come to Him not for what we can get out of Him, not for, for, for any kind of financial gain on our own or any kind of reputation. He wants us to come to Him because we are hurting, we are sinful, we are sick, and we need Him to heal us. It tells us, But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that He did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant. We see two responses here in what I've just read. One are these children. These children. They're saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Um, this should sound familiar from yesterday. I wasn't here to hear the sermons, but it was Palm Sunday. I'm assuming somebody was preaching on the triumphal entry when Jesus came into Jerusalem and all the people were putting down palm branches and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Here, the, there's an echo here of what had just taken place previously. These children were crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David. And what's significant about that is, and, I, and one of the things is, is we only find this in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew is understood as a Jewish book. It's written to a Jewish audience. And the point of the book of Matthew is to show how Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the son of David. Jesus was the son of Abraham. He was the one who was promised throughout the Old Testament. And so these children, they weren't wise and learned people. They weren't the scribes. They weren't the chief priests. They were children. They were the lowly. They recognized who Jesus really was. And they worshipped Him. When we come to Jesus, when He comes to us, we can have a response like these sick and lame people, these blind and lame who came to Jesus to be healed. Or we can have a response like these children who in childlike faith worship the one who came after was long expected. Or we can have a response like the chief priests and the scribes. They were angry, angered. They were indignant because of what Jesus had done. They were indignant because of how these children were treating him. And it says, they said to him, these are the scribes and the chief priests, and they said to him, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said to them, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I heard what they're saying. <laughs> Haven't you read? Out of the mouths of babes and infants, or out of the, I, I keep wanting to say it the way I remember it. <laughs> out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise. And Jesus leaves. So let's look at the next text. We'll turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. We see the same familiar story, but yet there are some significant differences. Mark chapter 11, beginning in verse 15. 
And they came to Jerusalem. That's one difference. It tells us they came to Jerusalem. Not a big difference. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables and the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. So far, everything's the same. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. That's new. That wasn't in the other passage. Honestly, I'm not sure what the significance of that is, but it must be somehow significant. Mark is usually one who, who cuts to the chase. He's, he's writing to a Roman's, Roman audience. He's one who, who, uh, who, who is short and condensed in everything he says, yet he adds something that we don't see in either Matthew or Luke. He says... And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. Let's read on and see if we maybe can understand this a little bit better. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not reading? Written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. A couple of things here. It says something that it didn't say in Matthew or in Luke. It says he was teaching them. He was teaching them and saying. In Matthew, if I turn back there again. It says, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But here in Mark, it says, and he was teaching them and said to them, it is written. So I, I, I picture that Jesus was there in the temple. He was teaching them and he wouldn't let anybody go through because they'd be interrupting his teaching. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. I'm trying to, trying to put the picture together and understand what's, what's going on here. He wouldn't let anyone go through and he was teaching them. And he said this quote that's familiar, but he adds one thing here that we don't see in either Matthew or Luke. He says... And my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. For all the nations. Here again, uh, this book, Mark, is written to a Roman audience. They would be a Gentile audience. And so there's a concern here for Gentiles. As uh, if you've ever seen a, a picture of a, a diagram of what the temple was like at that time, um, of course, you may know there was the Holy of Holies that only the priest could go into, and then there was the holy place. And, and I, I don't even know all of the different parts, but part of the here, what was here was the, the court of the Gentiles. And this was the place where God-fearing Gentiles were allowed to go. And so it's speculated that maybe one of the things that was going on here is that they were filling up this court of the Gentiles... This, this court where only oh, the Gent, it was the only part of the temple where the Gentiles who were God-fearers were able to come into. And they were filling it up and making it a marketplace so that the, there was no room for the Gentiles to be there to pray. Jesus had concern not just for the Jewish people, but he had concern for all the nations. So here we see another emphasis that, that we, we, we see. We want to have a response like 
the lame and the blind that come to Jesus to be healed. We want to have a response like the children that worship Him and recognize Him for who He is. And we want to have a response. Well, we want to, we want to recognize here that Jesus is welcoming with open arms the nations, the Gentiles, the foreigner. But... You have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it, and they were seeking to destroy him. That's something new we didn't hear either. Before, in the Matthew passage, it says the chief priests and the scribes were indignant. But here it tells us the chief priests and the scribes were trying to destroy him. We get a preview of what's going to happen later in the same week. They were trying to destroy him for... Why were they trying to destroy him? They were trying to destroy him because they feared him. They were afraid of him. And why were they afraid? It tells us because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. The crowd was all there. They were listening to his teaching. And they were astonished. Like what we've heard elsewhere what people said about Jesus' teaching. This one teaches with authority and not like the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus was teaching in a way that the people had never heard before. They were astonished at the things that Jesus was teaching. And the Pharisees, not the Pharisees, but the chief priests and the scribes, they were threatened by it. They were fearful. And when evening came, they went out of the city. Now let's turn to Luke. Let's turn to Luke and see what's unique and significant about how Dr. Luke tells us the story. Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 45. And he entered the temple. And began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, wait a minute. <laughs> Isn't this missing something? And he, and he entered the temple and he began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, it is written, my... It seems to be missing a part, doesn't it? What's the part about jumping over the tables? About those who were... Also selling and those who were, who had the pigeons, right? All of those things. That was in all the other passages, but here it's not, not here. My, my explanation for this is that part wasn't important to Luke. <laughs> it happened. It's just that's not what was important to Luke. He says, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were who sold, saying to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. That's something new, too. He was teaching daily in the temple. The other passage tells us that Jesus was teaching there at this incident. But this shows us now, this, this is not just a one-time deal where, where Jesus just comes in and He teaches and He moves on. But here it tells us He was teaching daily in the temple. And the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people 
were seeking to destroy him. Here's something new as well. We know about this chief priests and the scribes. What about these principal men? And what is this all about? And we're seeking to destroy him. So they were, they were, the, it does say, just like it said in, Ma, in Mark, but not in Matthew, they were seeking to destroy Jesus. And it maybe it had something to do with the fact that Jesus was teaching daily in the temple. Verse 48, but they did not find anything they could do for all the people were hanging on his words. He was teaching daily in the temple. People hung to His words. His words brought life just as His word brings us life today. They were hanging on His every word. And these people that wanted to destroy Jesus, they couldn't do anything because the people were around. They couldn't get away with doing anything to Jesus. And so who were these principled men? I just tried to think about that. If Jesus is teaching daily in the temple, then it must be a period of days in which these sellers can't do any business in the temple. So Jesus is interrupting their commerce. Not just for a day, but He's interrupting their commerce for a a period of time. And so they're seeking to destroy Him because He's causing them to have business problems. It seems that's what's the case. It seems reasonable to think that's an explanation. This is the basic story. Jesus comes to the temple. He sees this taking place. He's enraged by it. He throws the business people out. The scribes and the chief priests get angry. And Jesus says his house is to be a house of prayer. A couple of things that we need to think about here. One, I've already talked about it. We have a choice about how we respond to Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus was Lord over the temple. He is Lord over the world and over the universe and He is Lord over you whether you bow to Him or not. And you have a choice about how you respond to Him. Will you respond like the chief priests and the scribes who get annoyed at Him because He's messing up your business? I imagine there's people in the world today that feel like Jesus has gotten in the way of their business. Will you respond to Jesus like the scribes and the Pharisees who are afraid of Him, who are threatened by Him? Because maybe because of Him, other people aren't going to listen to you. As you try to build your own personal empire, get people to listen to your opinions. Or will you respond to Jesus like a little child? Will you respond to Jesus as one who worships Him and sings Hosanna because you recognize who He is? 
He is the long-expected Messiah who would, by the end of this week, give His life as a ransom for many. By His stripes, we are healed. Would you respond to Jesus when others are being driven away? Would you respond to Him by coming to Him to be healed? We are broken. We are sick. We are, apart from Christ, we are blind. We need to come to Him. We are not to be like the scribes and the Pharisees and try to... I said Pharisees. Scribes and the chief, chief priests. We're not to be like those principled men. But instead, we ought to be like children. We ought to be lowly and humble in heart like He was. And He looks to us. And He receives us.